to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Sovereign yep. Minds, the podcast. Yay! The crowd goes wild. <laughs> yep. Sorry, uh, guys. We've been gone for a little bit. Yeah, doing we, different things. Yeah, about a month. Uh, I was in Reno doing uh, tax classes. I know you were at the office doing Do tax it, classes. Yeah. Uh, you know, ongoing education. You got your fill of it this year, I think. Uh, kind of like last year when I screwed up mine, I had to take it. <laughs> I know, it's like, that's uh, brutal, brutal. Brutal, Be, you know, yeah, the, because, uh, yeah, it gets mixed up. Anyway, so, so we're back. Brought and, to you by uh, MountaintopMedia.com. Yep. And uh, we're here in the studio here, and uh, we are on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Pew. Uh, and I should do YouTube, too. Pew, pew. Uh, it's getting bad. YouTube's getting really bad. Oh, man. But there is other ways. If you go to those platforms and you can't find us, then go to Mountaintop Media. That's the best place. Yeah. I'm, I'm on Rumble at MKent, capital M-K-E-N-T, 101. And, uh, you know, so we're going to start putting more content back up there. Uh so uh, hit the like and share button, get it out there. I think what we have is valuable information. The one we, that we uh, did will be playing after this one is going to be uh, Shelby Not in, uh, Infringed. Goes into the court case uh, that Mark Baird has got going right now in the Second Amendment and all of the new developments on the uh, uh Yeah, that's a case that he's been working on for oh, quite a few years, actually. Very good, uh, very uh, yeah. good. So, uh, very important. Uh, all right. So what we want to do is let's uh, let's take a look at we're going to talk about money today, uh, and I think uh, that's been lack on the, thereof, well, that's, however you want to phrase that. <laughs> that's been on the horizon a lot lately because uh, you know, and what we're trying to do is explain some of the things about what's going on and why is money a problem. And the headline here, if we go down a little bit, uh, I don't see the headline. The headline is break breaking uh, run on there the banks is. in uh, China, long lines in uh, Hainan, Shanghai, and uh, Dandong. Uh, and so this whole thing is uh, turning into interesting. And you know, the question is, are they going to be here? You know, people are reportedly lining up for hours in China to obtain money from their accounts. Go ahead and scroll down just a little bit, uh, Dustin. Uh, and uh, so that uh, after years of COVID mandate and government, the average Chinese uh, – uh, down deep, doesn't trust the people of China. <laughs> they don't trust Chinese government anymore. Are scared Imagine of, that. And the banks uh, are scared they will not – 
uh, be able to receive their life savings. In some cities, people are standing in lines for hours to receive their money. And so the, the problem is that that should be uh, currency, not money. And we want to explain a little bit today what the difference is. Uh, recently, freezing depositors' accounts in four rural banks in uh, uh, these different Chinese cities uh, resulted in customers of these banks could not withdraw their money, which led them to uh, a move uh, to move to uh, Zhao or, uh, you know, claim their rights. You know, it, it's a, it created uh, a big mess because big what mess. are they going to do? I mean, there's a lot of people everywhere. And all of a sudden, everybody wants their money. So, and the, the, or, their yeah, currency. Their currency. Well, Let me back up a little bit. Yeah. Here's the problem. This is going to be this is going to be a worldwide event. People don't understand what's going on here. That we've got a liquidity a liquidity trap here, and people don't even know because they don't understand economics. Economics is what makes everything run. And you know, just a week or so ago, we had a spike in the ten-year yield, and and people don't understand the connection between a ten-year treasury and this whole thing. Well, this ten-year treasury that started to spike up with the interest rates means that they can't sell their their bonds so they have to raise the interest rates and what happens is when they do that that has a ripple effect effect through the uh, economies of the world because the dollar is used in every country in the world uh well it, it's starting it, to not be by, exactly uh, everything's usually pegged to the dollar that is it is the way it's always so worked until Ch recently well china and russia so we got some real interesting issues here the reason that's a big issue for everybody is that when that spiked up and the interest rates start to go up it's going to crash the stock market people don't understand the correlation between the interest rates because right. we've got a debt bubble that's going on right now and how did they drive them back down what they did you've got the federal reserve bank in the united states and the european central bank buying up all this debt to drive the the 10 year yields down to keep this whole thing under control because once it gets out of hand you you start to see these well, it just spirals and it spirals very well, fast this is the start of what yeah. could happen here and i think is going to happen here is these bank runs because the whole money system blows up after a while uh, the liquidity there's not enough money you can't keep borrowing money into existence and have it uh, uh, you know, keep the economy afloat. So, well, and if you remember, we had Venezuela not too long ago, a few years ago. Same thing happened, and people at that time said, "Oh no, it won't ever happen again anywhere." Won't you? And look, now we've got China. Well, there's other. Uh, and this there's is, been other places. Well, the Chinese is is the biggest country now. Uh, they just uh, filed bankruptcy in Sri Lanka. Uh, so all yeah. of this is connected, you know, and. Uh, uh, you know, the channel, uh, we're looking at the bottom, posted a video on June 17th, people lined up outside, uh, you know, the you know the channel wrote, done, bank can't withdraw their money. So that's the danger with having uh, your currency controlled when it's not even real money because it's just digits in a bank. And if they seize up or, you know, the other thing that happens is they keep pouring this in by buying these treasuries, it causes inflation. Gee, what could wow. happen wrong there? You know, when you're at 9% right now, the worst in 40 years. <laughs> And, they say that. It's a lot more than that. Well, it's going to get a <laughs> yeah. lot worse than that. And so there's two ways to default here. You quit buying these treasuries and it spikes to the roof because they can't sell them. There's no way to finance everything. Or you start printing money out of thin air and you finance everything. But the problem is the byproduct of that is it devalues all the currency and pretty soon the money's worthless. So let's uh, go down a little farther on the on the the video here and so let's uh, watch our little trailer wow. here uh our little video on twitter here and see what these so these are the people out in china waiting in line to try to get to the bank to get their own money to get their currency. savings yeah to get their their stuff right 
their thing. Their, yeah. So this is really happening. <laughs> and this is happening. In, this is uh, actually, what's the date on this? So two weeks ago on the 17th of June or something. Uh, what do we got? Uh, what do we got on the date on this? Let me look here real quick. Uh, 16th. The 16th or 19th of June is what I have on mine. So the 16th of June on the video on Twitter. So let's, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the video and this, let's see what the date is on on this one. Uh, what do we got on the next one? The date is, uh, this is CNN and, uh, uh, have we got a date anywhere? I don't see it yet. I think this is like a week later. Uh, maybe two weeks later. and oh, uh, interesting. No, I don't say a date. So let's go ahead and play this. Uh, this is about a three-minute video and see what they have to say uh, uh, at the CNN newsroom, which is kind of interesting that CNN is actually reporting. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually saying something about it? It was, uh, I think, on CNN Plus. Oh, wait a minute. There's no such thing as CNN Plus. But uh, go, ahead and, go ahead and play it, Dustin, and let's uh, let's see what this looks like. A massive protest over frozen bank deposits turned violent in Zhengzhou in China. Police clashing with demonstrators on Sunday, demonstrators who were angry that some rural banks have kept millions of dollars frozen since April. At the time, the banks said they were upgrading their internal systems, but customers say they've heard nothing from the banks about the matter since then. The protest was among the largest in China since the pandemic. For more on this, I'm joined by CNN Stephen Zhang in Beijing. Extraordinary scenes. Um, what's behind it? What's being done about it? Michael, indeed such an extraordinary scene to see more than a thousand people show up on Sunday morning to stage this rare protest in front of the provincial branch of the country's central bank demanding their money back. But that's also why the provincial authorities uh, went to such great lengths, as you mentioned, even tampering with these people's health QR codes, which is such a basic necessity for anyone in China to leave their homes these days. But that effort really failed after a a nationwide backlash, which is why this protest eventually uh, took place with uh, demonstrators really training their fire at the local authorities, hurling the Chinese national flags and chanting slogans with some banners accusing the local police of using violence against them and even calling for human rights and the rule of law. But their peaceful tactics really didn't make their protest last that long. After a few hours of standoff, you could see hundreds of local security personnel, many plainclothes agents charging towards this crowd, forcibly removing everyone, including the uh, elder and children. Anyone who resisted got kicked and punched as some sustaining injuries and got sent to local hospitals, according to some protesters. And most people got taken to nearby makeshift uh, detention centers. But these protesters' actions really have garnered a lot of uh, sympathy and support from around the country because uh, people feel they could relate to their situation as these people were mostly low-income people who put their life savings into these banks because of their faith in the country's banking system. But But then and they, of course, lost almost everything. And their uh, plight is especially uh, being shared because uh, the economy here is being battered by the country's continued zero uh, COVID policies with a wide range of industries really under growing distress. And this, of course, is also happening in a very sensitive year politically as Chinese Supreme Leader Xi Jinping is expected to assume a precedent-breaking third term later this year. And his whole legitimacy reputation very, very much built on 
around this idea of uh, the rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. So this kind of incident's huge embarrassment for him, for sure. That's why we've seen the local authorities there take such extreme actions to uh, suppress this peaceful protest because they are so worried about a tinderbox situation. They simply do not want to see any sparks that could ignite more anger and frustration, not only in their province, but across China. Michael? Well, I think there's so several things to take away from that. Number one, people don't get that angry just because they can't get to their money. They get that angry because they can't get to their money to feed their kids. They can't get to their money to pay their bills. They can't get to their money. Well, yeah, and they started out that, you know, they're just doing an upgrade. And I forget how many days in between. It was like a well, week later. Well, that's a good, they, super they, good point. You know, they still couldn't get to their well, the money. Super so, good, the, the, the super good point there is that they don't do this with warning. Yeah. They don't give everybody warning saying, oh, next week is going to be a problem. This, historically, when this happens, then they call this a banking holiday. Uh, you know, we've got a, 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 right. a, a, yeah. a scene in here uh, from, uh, I believe it's it's a, it's a Wonderful Life. Uh, but this fractional reserve banking, let's start, let's keep it there. What what this whole thing, is, and China's supposed to be doing better than America, right, as far as financially? They're supposed to be financially. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've been trying to take control over all of the monetary system for a while, whether it's currency well, there's or a not. Well, there's a big fight on the world reserve yeah. currency. There's a lot yeah. of things going on with China and this. But but they all are using fractional reserve banking. They're and supposed Fractional to. <laughs> reserve banking is a system in which only a fraction of the bank deposits are backed by actual cash. So this is what they do. Let's say that they bring in $100. They lend out, you know, on a 10 to 1, they would lend out $90, $90 and keep a 10 in reserve. Right. That's what they're and, supposed and, to. And, if, and, and so when they lend that out, they just keep lending it out. So you could really realistically just keep lending and lending with no backing as there's money in there and pretty soon what you have is uh, the bank is so upside down they have to close the bank because they don't have any money in these things uh, right when everybody wants their money right and it's there's nothing there they've already lent it all out at so that point they use this as an excuse to theory you know in theoretically uh, to expand the economy for freeing capital for lending but the real deal is what these guys are doing is this is a con game this is a, a bernie madoff scene uh, a scheme that the, the banks have been using since the European takeover by the Rothschilds and so forth, is that they use this as a scheme because if I can lend you money, a central bank is the only one that can create cash out of thin air, all right? Uh, is the only one that can, uh, you know, and 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 fractional reserve banking is connected by all the banks to the Federal mm -hmm. Reserve through the system so that they're all creating currency out of thin air in unison for this lending purposes. And what happens is you build this big house of cards. You know, they're required to take away to keep a certain amount of cash that depositors give them, but the banks are not required to keep the entire amount on hand. Right. Like I say, in a 10 to 1. So you can, in theory, have a million dollars out there and only have $100,000 in the, in the actual bank, and the rest is in banking Yeah, uh, they, they've already lent it out and, and making money. On yeah. that, on top of it, they're, you know, because they're charging interest rates on the money they're lending. Scroll down just a little bit, uh, the, the next line there, which is interesting. Some banks are exempt from holding reserves, <laughs> but all banks are paid a rate of interest on the reserve. Yeah. So what they're doing is by lending this out, this debt is their product, then everybody owes them interest on this money that mm -hmm. they lent out. And that creates a little bit of the house of cards. So <clears throat> they're taking from the people to make money. 
for doing, ho- nothing, for except, doing nothing, except creating the money out of thin air, basically. <laughs> and hoping that they don't call in to get their, their currency. Well, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a couple of quotes. Uh, one said, uh, after, I'll try to bring it up here after the next one, is that basically that the at the end of the day, the, the there's going to be a total war with the uh, with the central bankers because the bankers are the scourge of the earth. And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that's what we're talking about. Let's go to uh, the bank run on the YouTube on the next one. And uh, let's play that. It's about a minute. <laughs> no sound. Just remember that this I got thing isn't as black as it appeared. I have some news for you, folks. I was just talking to old man Potter, and he's guaranteed cash payments to the bank. The bank's going to reopen next week. But, George, I got my money here. Did he guarantee this place? Well, no, Charlie. I didn't even ask him. We don't need Potter over here. And I'll take mine now. No, but you're, 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 you're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had the money back in a safe. The, the money's not here. Well, your money's in Joe's house. That's right next to yours. And in the Kennedy house, and Mrs. Maitland's house, and a hundred others. You're lending them the money to build, and then they're going to pay it back to you as best they can. Now, what are you going to do, foreclose on them? I got $242 in here, and $242 isn't going to break anybody. Okay, Tom. All right. Here you are. You sign this. You get your money in 60 days. For 60 days? Yeah, so that kind of, <laughs> kind of gives you... Now, I got the quote up here. Uh, yeah, I couldn't hear it at all. This so is uh, from Lord Acton. I hope Acton. everybody else could. Oh, yeah, I could hear it fine. That's uh, I'm not sure yeah. why your your uh, okay. phones aren't working there. Uh, the issue that has swept down through the centuries, which will have to be fought sooner or later, is people versus the banks. Now, this is a, from a, a, a series of Hidden Secrets of Money. This is episode one, and this is Mike Maloney. And I'm just going to play a short excerpt of it here, I don't know, five minutes or something, because what people don't understand is they don't understand the difference between money and currency. Rights? Yeah, that that's uh, a hard thing for people to grasp because they think money is currency or vice versa, that for, it's all one. For 10, it's, yeah, it's for the eons, same thing and it's not. Gold and silver was the only real money. In fact, I give you a quote from uh, J.P. Morgan. He, uh, he said in 1909, whatever it was, is he said that uh, gold is, a, is a, the only real money. Everything else is credit. See, because there's no counterparty risks and, all kind of, you know, there's things going. Why is gold money? So the reason that gold is money, and this relates to the banking system, is because if you have no backing of a real thing, there's no intrinsic value, and people can just continue to produce money out of thin air, they have a tendency to create so much money out of thin air that it collapses the system. Okay. Now, go ahead and uh, play this. Yeah, because, uh, I was going to say, because if you don't have any backing, there's no way to stop the printing. Well, that's the problem is yeah. that these people that start printing the money, it gets to the point where and they just <clears throat> it's like that one video we had <laughs> of the cartoon about the Mississippi bubble, if right, everybody, yeah. is that what happens is they go crazy <clears throat> trying to keep up with everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so this is a, a, a series of 10, and I highly recommend that people watch this. They're about a half an hour video each. But go ahead and roll it, Dustin, and let's uh, see what uh, this guy has to say. This is Mike Maloney of uh, GoldSilver.com, and uh, and uh, it, it, we'll start to explain some of the things and how it relates into the banking system. 
The hidden secrets of money, some of them are hidden in plain sight. They're like right in front of you. Uh, the way the monetary system works is something that isn't actually hidden away from all of us. It's out in the open, but it's complex and people just don't, they can't see how it works. It's hard for them to imagine that we're living in such a hoax. Others are meant to be secret, but the truth is slowly coming out, like the Federal Reserve being a private corporation and not really part of the U.S. government. But when I started studying this, uh, what I found was that there was no place that I could point people to where they could get it all in one spot. And so I basically decided to write my book about it and consolidate monetary history, economics, the markets, uh, fundamentals of gold and silver. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors in economics, and I've sort of made it my job to lift the fog for people. Welcome to Egypt. This is where it all began. Roughly 5,000 years ago, the Egyptians started using gold and silver as their predominant form of currency. But it was not yet money. The pieces of gold and silver that they were using were odd sizes and weights, odd purities, so it still was not interchangeable, where each unit is the same as the next. This meant that nothing really had a price yet. You couldn't put a price of so many coins on something because they didn't have coins yet. Trade was still difficult. It was still a guessing game when it came to the exchange of values. One of the reasons that we are in the financial mess that we are today globally is that people do not understand the difference between currency and money. Currency is a medium of exchange, a unit of account. It is portable, durable, divisible, and something called fungible. Fungible means that each unit is the same as the next unit. A dollar in my pocket buys the same amount as a dollar in your pocket. Money is all of those things plus a store of value over a long period of time. Even financial planners, bankers, your accountant, they don't understand the difference between currency and money. The currency in your pocket is a medium of exchange. It's a unit of account because it's got numbers on it. It's somewhat durable, it's portable, it's divisible in that you can make change, and it's fungible. A dollar in my pocket buys the same amount as a dollar in your pocket. But because governments can print more and more and more of it and dilute the currency supply, it's continually transferring wealth out of your pocket, out of your bank account, to the government and to the banking system. The reason that gold and silver are the optimum form of money is because of their properties. It's an easy medium of exchange because gold and silver store a large amount of value in a very small area. It's a unit of account. Pure gold has the same value all over the planet. So an ounce of gold buys the same amount here in Egypt as it would in China or in the United States. It's durable. The same gold that Egyptians were using in trade 5,000 years ago is still here with us today. It does not corrode. It's divisible. You can make change with it. It's very portable. You could use something like oil as money. It's just that you can't carry around a barrel of oil on your back. It's 
fungible. Pure gold is the same wherever it is on Earth. Pure silver is the same wherever it is on Earth. It's limited in quantity. That's the reason that it maintains its purchasing power. Governments cannot print it. Over the last 5,000 years, only gold and silver have maintained their purchasing power. There have been thousands upon thousands of fiat currencies, currencies that are unbacked by gold or silver, and they have all gone to zero. It's a 100% failure rate. Well, fiat currency, of course, is um, a currency that is, exists at the dictate, or by fiat, from a, from a government. You say they have their printing presses, and the paper money rolls off the printing presses. And then they give it the fiat designation, which in makes the, the currency official. It's just worthless paper. But when Ben Bernanke gives it the special sign and they have the cult meeting at the Federal Open Market Committee meetings, it suddenly becomes currency. If you look at what's really going on, it's, it's a con game. And so there's confidence. Well, the Federal Reserve is very forthright about what they're doing. If you read their websites, they'll tell you it's a confidence game. They tell you that there's no intrinsic value in their money. They'll tell you that they print it back by absolutely nothing. They actually display all these facts. But if you tell somebody in the public that this stuff is created out of thin air, there's no backing whatsoever, it's absolutely worthless, it's about as valuable as monopoly money, they'll look at you like you're nuts. Is there an example throughout history of a fiat currency, a piece of paper that's unbacked by anything, surviving? Short answer, no. Long answer, no. And here's why. When Addison Wiggin took over at the Daily Record when I got cranked up, uh, Bill Warner asked him to catalog all of the fiat currencies throughout history and what happened to each of them. Addison dutifully went to work. Within a short period of time, he had gone through the alphabet all the fiat currencies that started with the letter A were done. They all went to zero. He was halfway through the letter B and all the fiat currencies that started with the letter B and there were 600 of them in just the first letter and a half of the alphabet and every single one of them went to zero. Every one. 600 fiat currencies that start with the letter A and half of the ones that start with the letter B are 600 of these things. Not one ever came close. Do you think this one, the United States dollar, is going to be the first one after all that? <laughs> I don't think so. No. No currency, fiat currency has ever survived. None. about money is there actually is a fairly well accepted definition of what money is. The question is, as you apply that definition to particular things that, are, that people claim to be money, do they fit the definition? Well, just take the paper dollar, for example. How well does it perform those functions? Well, store of value. Uh, the dollar has lost 95% of its purchasing power uh, since the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913. So not very good as a store of value. One of the things I do is uh, just a way to get the audience's attention is I have a slide and there are three pictures on the slide. One is a pile of Monopoly money. The other one is a pile of Federal Reserve notes, uh, what Americans would call paper money. Uh, and the other one is a solid gold uh, American Eagle uh, one ounce coin. And the title of the slide is which of these is not like the other. And if you know the show Sesame Street or you have children who watch it, it's one of the favorite vignettes in Sesame Street. And what it really is, is a kind of IQ test for five-year-olds. They're supposed to look at the three things and look at characteristics and find the one that's not like the other. Well, I've shown this slide to um, groups of 
you know, Ivy League University professors, and I've also shown it to, uh, you know, uh, children, you know, kind of five years old, my nieces and nephews and so forth. Uh, and when the uh, professors look at it, they say, well, uh, clearly the, uh, the dollars are not like the others because gold has no role as money and monopoly money is junk and the American dollar is a store of value, so that's not like the other. But the children look at it and they say, well, the gold coin is not like the other because the other two are just piles of paper and the gold coin is clearly something different. So my question to the audience is, who's smarter, a five-year-old or an Ivy League professor? Yeah, I think that's, that's a good place to stop. <laughs> that's kind of interesting on that poll. It's really true uh, because we've been conditioned and educated to look at the dollar, the almighty dollar, as something special in the world of, of currency. And it's really not anything special because the same rules apply to it as any other uh, currency, that if you start uncontrollably producing more and more and more and more of it, and you think about it, where does 30, they say we're $30 trillion in debt. Easily, yeah. Okay, it's a lot more than that if you yeah. really do the math. But where'd they get $30 trillion? That, you know, and why do we owe, that's the interest on, on the, the on the on, right. so that's the what we owe how on much the debt. Is in circulation well, is what's the interest and what's that and you know so the, that's that's actually what's owed and then we owe the interest on that uh, thirty trillion. Right. Okay. But worldwide, we've created a lot more than that. If you go to the U.S. debt clock, you'll see it. But what the what's going on here is a is a complete Bernie Madoff con game is that they just keep cranking out the dollars and we just keep owing them for every dollar they crank out. Yeah, most people think because they're cranking them out and you're getting more that it has to be worth more, and that isn't the case. What happens is when the economy collapses under the weight of this, because at some point in time you reach critical mass where people can't pay the interest on their debts or the, the they can't buy food with their money, they can't pay their – because at some point in time the money becomes so, so worthless, worthless yeah. that, that you can't survive on it, then the whole system collapses and you have to start over again. And that's why they have bank runs because people are going, wait a minute, I want my money because – uh, the banks shut down during these collapses. We've had one in 08 where they revived it yep. by cranking it out. Mm -hmm. We're about due for another one, and there's going to be a huge wake-up call by a lot of people that don't understand any of this. Yeah, I want to go back to that when I said uh, about the kids and stuff. It's amazing that the five-year-olds could, could see the difference where the Ivy League people couldn't. That's a little scary, but, you know, for whatever reason. They haven't been brainwashed uh, into thinking that, that they don't understand. They don't understand, right. so that they're, they're uh, more open to what's going on and then you with, go, in that aspect. Well, and then you go to the question, why, why is gold valuable? Not only just because it's, it's, it's finite and it's rare, uh, but if you go to find a gold coin out in the wild, where are you going to find it? It's, it it's limited, yes. Well, not only just limited, you might have to ramp up a mining operation and spend right. money on people to work it. You got to find it. You right, got to yeah. drill for it. You got so it takes a lot of effort and cost in to get even an ounce of gold out of the ground, and that's why it holds its value is because it's not only indestructible. You can throw it in the river and come back a hundred years, and it's still in good shape. Mm -hmm. It's actually probably worth more because it's hard to get. It's finite, and the value is in the metal because it takes all of those people that mined it to find it to 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 get it out of the ground to smelt it to put it into that coin. It to puts all the value of all those people into that coin. Unto itself. But the coin itself 
always stays the same value, basically. Well, it's the money. Well, and when it, that okay, doesn't so have the value. It's a good point. What happens is when you start, the coin itself is a pretty stable uh, store of value. Right. Yeah. What happens when you keep printing money out here? Uh, the money becomes worth less. So the it looks the appearance it, is that the coin becomes exactly. worth more. When that's not necessarily the case. Just, no. It's just that it's it's reflecting what the currency is doing, the supply, mm -hmm. and that you got more goods and more money chasing goods right. and services. So it makes an indicator for people to see if gold is going up and that silver that the, is going up, that, that, that means, means the other's going down. That's exactly right. And your they're buying power is going down. Because they're but because they're debauchering the, the, the fiat right. currency they're creating and, uh, and they just keep creating and creating. And and more countries have fallen over this than probably uh, standing armies have created the, the, uh, the, the fall. It's <clears> pretty so, interesting. Like they say, no fiat currency. Has ever survived. Has ever survived at one ever point. Ever survived. And the average is usually about 40 years. And our dollar has been in existence for about 40 years from the Breton, 50 years from the Breton Woods oh, when they created yeah. the dollar. Yeah, See, 71. When they, when they created the dollar, okay, the worldwide currency of the American dollar was created uh, just after World War II. It was pegged to gold, so it had a backing and until then, so, so, so until 71, when, yeah. when Nixon took us off the gold standard, since then, the currency has gone straight up with no backing. You can't redeem your money in gold and silver anymore. And that is the start of a currency, a fiat currency, becoming worthless. And that's where we're at right now. Yeah. And that's what causes the bank runs. That's what causes all the economic upheaval. And this is a worldwide situation. That has never occurred before. And that's why we're seeing this uh, whole global interconnective great reset, you know, with uh, Klaus Schwab and Dr. Oh, yeah. Evil uh, trying to take advantage of this uh, by, uh, you know, getting their guys into power and positions. All right. Yeah, they're, they're hoping to have it all done before it actually falls. And, I and people don't know. But, you know, we're getting close up. to the point where if you've got your money sitting in the bank, you, and and this whole thing collapses. You can't get your money out. We've seen it time after time. Venezuela and Cyprus, yeah, all of it. There, they just shut the banks it. down. And then if you got your life savings, <clears throat> excuse me, in the bank, you can't get to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, one, you can't get to it because they don't have it. Well, they don't have. And they don't want to give what they have up. They're insolvent. They've yeah. become uh, insolvent. And so that's why gold and silver are very important because you can hold it outside of the banking system. It does. You don't have to put, you, you could bury it in a coffee can under a rock somewhere. And guess what? The, the, uh, the, it doesn't depend on anybody else for it to hold its value. Right. And it can't be devalued by anybody else. Now, if they found a, a moon rock on uh, a rock on the moon the size of the moon of, of gold, that would probably uh, throw a, a little <laughs> bit of uh, a fluctuation into the market on gold. So there's there's all these things to take into consideration. We're getting to a point where uh, the, the we're starting to spin out of control. With this yeah, fiat currency. Been, exactly. And you can uh, watch the rest of this one. Uh, goldsilver.com is a place to go. Or you can type in uh, the... Uh the Hidden Secrets of Money, uh, Mike Maloney, and there's a, and watch the whole series. But, but this uh, is creating crisis all over the world. This isn't just us. This is well, uh, like the global reset because of Well, they're all doing that, it. it, it and yeah. Well, in, in the exactly. Bretton, in that's the, the point. This hasn't ever happened like this before. In the Bretton Woods system, they pegged, they pegged all of the other central banks' dollars to the 
American dollar, dollar to exchange for oil in the in the Middle East, so that you could always buy oil. You have to you would have to exchange it into dollars, which is called the world reserve currency. So they're all pegged to our dollar, which was pegged to gold. When they separated that, it simultaneously created a worldwide fiat currency system, and we know that the failure rates at a hundred percent. So do the math. We're about fifty years out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you can start to understand what all the most of the problems are in the world as far as economics. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's all we got for this week. And uh, let's see uh, what else. Uh, yep. I think that brings us to the end of that. But uh, again, it's a good point. People don't know the difference between <coughs> currency and money, and it's very important. There you have it. And uh, so I think we're going to end here. And government is not reason, it is not eloquence, it is force and force like fire, is dangerous servant and fearful master, George Washington, and uh, we'll see you on see the next, you next podcast. See you next time. Yep.